Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, it's great to see you, Blue Ridge Church. Hope everybody's doing good. Hope you're looking forward to some warmer weather around the corner. I know that uh, I definitely am. Welcome to those of you that are streaming on our online campus. It's always good to have you with us. So we are going to continue today in our series, Amazing Grace. And what we've been doing each week is looking at a different aspect of God's grace and how it applies to us and what it does for us. And so if you've been with us, we've talked about the first week we looked at God's personal grace, right? He has a, a slice of grace for each of us that's personalized, that says we're loved and we're cared for and we're accepted and we're saved. You know, too often in life, we listen to what everybody else says about us instead of listening to what God already says about us. And then the second week, we talked about continuing grace, that part of God's grace that encourages us and strengthens us and keeps us going in life and helps us not to give up on those things in life that we want to just throw in the towel and give up on. And then last week, we looked at really what I think is the foundation of our faith. It's the basis of our relationship with Christ, and that is freeing grace. The part of God's grace that frees us from our sin, saves us from our sin, and gives us an eternal home in heaven. And so that brings us to today, which I'm excited about the topic we're going to talk about today, because the, uh, this topic, it doesn't matter if you are a follower of Christ or if you're not a follower of Christ. It doesn't matter where you are on that faith journey. This is going to help you if you apply it to your life. And this is a topic that comes up in families. It comes up in the workplace. It comes up in relationships all the time. And what I'm talking about is giving grace. You know, over the past three weeks, we've talked about receiving grace and how God's grace is free to us, and we receive it, and we don't have to do anything to get it. But what I'm talking about today is giving grace. You know, we're not just supposed to receive it. We're also supposed to give it. God expects us to be givers of his grace. And I know when you first hear that, you're like, oh, wait a minute. I don't know about that. But you know, if we've been cared for by God, we're to care for others. If we've been blessed by God, we need to bless others. If we've been forgiven by God, which we have, we need to forgive others. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 10, verse 8b, freely you have received, freely give. So if we've received God's grace, we need to give God's grace. And let's admit it, that's tough. I don't want to give grace to somebody who's hurt me. I don't want to give grace to somebody who's disappointed me or done something bad in my life. I see this all the time with relationships, with couples, with friendships. We don't want to give grace when our spouse makes a mistake or falls short. We don't like to give grace to our kids when they disobey and they don't listen to us. I mean, it's one thing, and it's great to receive God's grace, but now talking about, you know, giving grace, that's a whole different subject. 
So as I talk about giving grace today, here's what I want you to think about. And I want you to think about forgiveness. Because that's probably the number one way that we give grace in this life is by offering forgiveness. Forgiveness is something we all struggle with. You know, we can receive it, but it's often very difficult for us to give it. And and having been in ministry for quite a, a few years, you know, I see this come up all the time. Usually when it comes down to a relationship, it's an act of someone not wanting to forgive someone else. So it's important that we learn how to give it. And often when we give it, it's half-hearted, isn't it? It's not really sincere. We don't really mean it. Or we attach conditions to it. Oh, I'll forgive you if you do this. I'll forgive you when you, you, you do that. So I want to look at what forgiveness is, what giving grace really is, and then how we actually do it. Because there's a lot of myths about forgiveness. And I know I'm going to step on toes. All right, I'll just go ahead and admit that, but I have stepped on my toes all week. It's so good when God comes to you and says, this is where you're failing. This is what you need to talk about, right? This is where you're struggling, Scott. So how about talking about that this Sunday? I always tell people you never run out of material when you just look at yourself and all the stuff you're trying to to work on. So just know it's going to be difficult to hear this, but there's a lot of misconceptions and, and myths about forgiveness. And, and when I talk about forgiveness, I'm not talking about forgetting. Forgiving and forgetting are two different things. That old adage, oh, you just need to forgive and forget, that's crazy. We don't forget, especially the painful and the difficult things that happen in our lives. We can recall things from 20 years ago, 30 years ago that were painful that someone did to us. And it seems like it happened just yesterday. I'm betting just about all of you can remember that person in middle school or high school that broke your heart. You can remember that today. You can remember the business deal that went bad and cost you a lot of money. You can remember the the job loss or the demotion or the friend that turned their back on you. Why is it that we can remember those things just like they happened? And it's because it was incredibly difficult and it was incredibly painful. And what we need to understand is our little internal hard drive, our brain does not forget anything. It's in there. You might be able to block it out for a while, but it's still in there. So what I'm going to offer today is I think our best option is instead of focusing on that pain, instead of focusing on that hurt, instead of focusing on that wrong that somebody did in our life, that instead we reflect on the good things that came out of that situation. And you might be thinking, there's nothing good that came out of that situation when that person did what they did to me. But that's not God's promise, is it? We know that God's promise is he's going to bring good out of everything. Look at Romans 8.28. If you don't have that church center app, I want to encourage you to download that on your phone at some point. You can scan that QR code online, our online campus. There's a link you can follow for our notes. But Romans 8.28. And we know, so we don't have to doubt, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God will bring good out of even difficult, painful 
in hurtful situations. Now, if you grew up in church, maybe you were taught, you know, you just need to forget these things. You just need to wipe these things out of your mirror. If you can do that, you're a good Christian, right? You're a good person. You're an awesome person, but it's hard to forget. But what we can do is shift our focus onto whatever good came out of that situation. Now, we take that Romans 8, 28, and we think, well, that good's going to happen in my life because I went through something painful. I went through something that hurt me. It's going to be good in my life. That's not what that promise means. It may not be good in your life. It may be good in somebody else's life, right? But even though we had to go through whatever pain and hurt, what we need to remember is God was still working, He was still working. He may have been working on us. He may have been working on others. Think about it. Maybe you went through a hurtful situation, and years later, your character grew because of that. That's the good that God brought out of that painful situation. Maybe uh, a painful memory was, was able, it allowed you to kind of reflect on your own actions and change course of your life at that point. Maybe a a totally different person came to know Jesus and followed Christ after that painful situation that you went through. So it's not necessarily us that the good's going to happen to, but God promises he's going to bring good out of it. So instead of reflecting on the pain, we got to remember the good and the benefit that's coming. So why do we give grace? Why do we want to offer forgiveness? Other than the Lord asks us to do that, it helps us to heal from that pain. When we give grace, when we offer forgiveness, it doesn't guarantee that relationship's going to be repaired or back to where it was before the pain occurred, but it ensures that we are going to heal. It moves us personally towards restoration and getting over that hurt and getting over that pain that's really hurting us in life and hurting us from progressing forward. So we offer forgiveness, we give grace to start the healing process in our own lives. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. So that's what we're talking about. These situations caused us to become brokenhearted. Our spirits were were crushed. Now, I want you to think about a relationship you've had in the past that's failed. And I think all of us watching, all of us here can probably come up with at least one. Maybe it was a dating relationship when you were very young. Maybe it was a divorce that you went through. Maybe it was a friendship that was really strong years ago, and then it just kind of faltered. It just dissolved. You were able to still move forward after that damaged relationship. It may have taken time. It may have taken a lot of time, but you were able to heal and you were able to go on with life after that relationship. Why? Because at some point you had to, you may not have even realized what you did, but you had to offer some type of grace. You had to offer at least a little bit of forgiveness to be able to move forward. Now listen, we have to be the ones that give the grace too. If we're the ones that were hurt, we have to give the grace and we have to offer the forgiveness. The person that hurt us can't offer the forgiveness. They can't be the ones that give the grace because they did the hurting. So we have to give it if we're going to heal. Whether the other person asks for it, deserves it or not, we're called to give it. And I think that's the reason some of us 
have never healed from a hurt because we're still holding ourselves hostage to what somebody else did to us in our lives. So we have to give them grace and offer forgiveness in order to set ourselves free, if that makes sense. It's not about the other person at this point. It's about us being able to move forward and be set free. We don't have to trust them. We don't have to get back together with them. We don't have to restore them to whatever position they held in our life before the pain started, but we have to forgive them for our own sake. And plus, that's what the Lord calls us to do. So when we give grace and offer forgiveness, we're just extending God's grace to somebody else. We're just passing it on to somebody else. Trust, however, is different. And we get these two confused. When you hear somebody talking about forgiveness in church, you automatically think about trust too. I'm not talking about trust in the person. Trust is built back over time, if ever. Forgiveness has to happen as quick as possible in order for us to heal. You don't have to trust them to extend grace. You don't have to pretend that everything's great and everything's fine. Luke chapter 6 verse 37 says this, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back, it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. So see, giving grace and forgiveness, it's commanded by God. And again, when you do it, you're not minimizing the pain. It's not about minimizing your pain or forgetting that it happened. So learning number one, giving grace is hard because most forgiveness is cheap and not real. Think about it. In our culture today, we've kind of watered down forgiveness. It's kind of like when your kid says, I'm sorry all the time, but they don't change their behavior. It just waters it down. We forgive people for any little thing because we don't want anybody to feel guilty about what they've done or, or feel guilty about the pain they've caused. Oh, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. Giving grace is not saying, hey, I'm going to pretend this never happened. It's not saying, hey, this wasn't, you know, a, a big deal. It was a big deal. That's why it's so difficult for us sometimes to give grace and to offer forgiveness. Giving grace and offering forgiveness is saying, hey, this hurt me. This set me back. This caused me a lot of pain and difficulty in my life. But I'm going to extend you grace and offer forgiveness because that's what my heavenly father says I need to do. You don't even have to have the conversation with the person. A lot of times it's just you working out forgiveness for that person. And just because you forgive the seriousness of the crime, though, you don't have to restore the, the person to the position they held in your life. And I think a lot of times when we go to counseling or we talk to somebody about forgiveness, we think, well, I just got to put everything back to the way it was. No, this is about freeing yourself. And damaged relationships, they take a long time sometimes, don't they, to, to, to be repaired, if they're ever repaired. One thing that helps me when it comes to giving grace or offering forgiveness is to remember we're all sinners, right? We're all messed up. We've all made uh, mistakes. Sometimes we just need to accept that people are messed up. And we could have just as easily been 
in their shoes and made that same exact decision. So I think we reserve that giving grace and that offering forgiveness for those intentional hurts in life. When somebody intentionally causes us pain or intentionally cheats us or intentionally wrongs us or hurts us in life, that's when we, that should be a red flag that says, I've got to give grace. I got to offer forgiveness. So again, it's not about forgiving and forgetting. We're not going to forget. It's not about going immediately back to trusting that person. And the other thing that goes along those lines is reconciliation. A lot of times we think we have to reconcile immediately. No. Forgiveness is, is the first step to us healing. Reconciliation may come. That's Obviously, that's God's ultimate outcome is that you would reconcile, right? But that's not necessarily always going to happen. Now, there will be times that God will call you to reconcile with another person. Again, it's not making it back to where it was. Reconciling is saying, hey, we can pass each other in the grocery store and not want to kill each other. Right? That's what reconciliation is. And I've seen great examples of reconciliation with couples who are no longer married. They're divorced. And they've got maybe kids in the process, and and they're able to get along after that. It takes a lot of time. So I don't want you to think when I'm talking forgiveness, I'm also talking about reconciliation. That's the best outcome, but it's not always going to happen. But God will call you to it at some point in your life with another person. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 through 24. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and are about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, go to this friend, and make things right. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Hey, this is a great way I can get out of church on Sundays. I don't like what the old man or Matt's saying. I can just leave. No. This is about reconciliation. Then and only then come back and work things out with God. So he's going to call us at times to reconcile with other people. So here's something else. Learning number two, forgiving someone cannot be based on conditions. Hey, I'll forgive you when you restore what you took from my life. I'll forgive you when you repair the damage that you've done. I'll forgive you when I think you've suffered enough. And by the way, you haven't suffered enough, right? We're not the judge. And our giving grace and offering forgiveness cannot be based on conditions. We were forgiven without conditions when we accepted Christ. We were given grace without conditions. So we can't put conditions on other people. It has to be unconditional. It has to be without reservation, and it has to be without doubt. And here's the really tough part. We can't look at the complexity of the offense. Even though we'd like to, even though we do that, we still have to offer forgiveness and give grace. No matter how complex the offense is, we're not the judge. God is. Sure, we can say, hey, this isn't fair, this isn't right, I can't believe I have to do this, they don't deserve grace, but when we do offer, it has to be offered unconditionally. No strings attached. And really, 
If you think about it, that's the example Jesus set. That's the example that Jesus set at the crucifixion. Right? Look at uh, Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Think about this for a minute. Nobody at the crucifixion was asking Jesus for forgiveness. Nobody was there saying, hey, Jesus, you you need to give us grace. He just simply gave it. And if anybody had a reason to not offer forgiveness, it was Jesus. So knowing what grace is, knowing what forgiveness is, and a true picture of what forgiveness is, how do we actually do it? How can we actually give it to others? Especially when we prefer to just get even. We just prefer to to get revenge on the person, to make them suffer. How do we start? And I think we have to find motivation to be able to even get in the phase where we want to offer forgiveness or to give grace to another person. And the only motivation that's ever helped me is to remember that Christ has forgiven me. And I know that's cheesy maybe to some of you, but that's scriptural. That's really the only motivation that we're going to have that's going to allow us to forgive somebody who's hurt us, is remembering that we, in fact, have been forgiven ourselves. And listen, you are not going to be able to forgive somebody else without the power of Christ in you, right? You're not going to be able to do it in your own human nature. You have to have the strength and the power from Christ to be able to do it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We don't earn our forgiveness from God. We shouldn't expect it from somebody else. We're simply forgiven, so we should forgive. We're simply given grace when we have a relationship with Christ, so we should simply give grace. Here's something else that's going to trip us up, and it's learning number three. The main reason we find it hard to forgive is because we don't feel forgiven. We don't feel forgiven, so it's difficult for us to forgive others. You remember we talked week one about how we take our salvation back to a workspace system all the time, and we think we've got to earn it. We think we've got to work for it. We were hard on ourselves when we sin. We judge ourselves. We come down on ourselves. And because we do that to ourselves, we do that to other people. We're going to make it difficult on them as well. But simply because we receive forgiveness, we give forgiveness. Look at Matthew 6, 14 through 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others your Father will not forgive your sins. Right there should be enough motivation for any of us to want to give grace and offer forgiveness to others. And another thing, you can't have revenge in your heart when you're thinking about forgiving someone or giving grace to someone. When somebody hurts us, isn't that our first instinct? I'm going to hurt them back. Let's be honest. It's church. Right? We want to get even. 
I'm going to make that person pay for what they've done for me. But seeking revenge, it can't be on our agenda. Luke 6, 27 through 28. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. A sure sign that we're on the way to healing and that we've offered forgiveness as we can pray for the people who hurt us. And I know that sounds radical. Whenever somebody starts talking about praying for, you know, the person who's hurt you, the person who has offended you, we think that's impossible. And I'll hear things like, well, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know the damage they caused in my life. You don't know, Scott, what they did to my family. And that's right, I don't. But I do know that if we'll fill every single area of our life with Christ, we will be able to forgive. That's the only way we're going to be able to do it. He will give us enough grace to be able to do it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. There's another way. God's Spirit living in us and through us gives us the power to give grace and to not seek revenge. Even though revenge is what we want to do, revenge is not our place. Look at Romans 12, 19. This is pretty much the warning from the Lord. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. That goes against everything we're feeling. Everything that we want to do to that person. But we cannot have revenge in our heart. Just know that's God's to deal with. So at this point, you're probably thinking, all right, I can get through this. I can, I can forgive this person. I, I can get past this issue. But what we have to understand is we have to forgive all the time. Let's say somebody just keeps hurting you. And, and, and you just keep thinking about it. Or maybe it's just one hurt, but it keeps coming up and it keeps surfacing. And you think about it this week and you think about it next month and you keep thinking about it all the time. Every time you think about it, you need to forgive. And you're probably thinking, well, isn't there a limit? I mean, that's kind of crazy. Can't I stop? Jesus was asked that very question. Matthew 18 21 through 22, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Now, Jesus wasn't saying, okay, Peter, do the math. When you get to 70 times seven, 490, you can stop. What was he telling him? He was saying, Peter, this has to be a regular part of your life. This has to be a continual part of your life. As long as you're following me, you can't stop giving grace. You can't stop forgiving people. There is an opportunity that you have to stop forgiving somebody who's hurt you. And here's the exception. You can stop giving grace and you can stop offering forgiveness when you can think about the situation, it doesn't hurt you anymore, right? You can recall what happened, and it no longer causes you pain. It no longer causes you grief. 
and it no longer makes you hurt. That's a sign that you've truly 100% forgiven that person. That's the only time we can stop when it doesn't hurt us anymore. Now, I have no doubt today that a lot of you watching, a lot of you here, you're carrying deep wounds. You've been carrying hurt and pain for a long time. Maybe you're filled with bitterness towards someone or anger or resentment towards someone. You may listen to this and roll your eyes and say, I don't want to do what he's saying. I don't want to do what God says. I don't want to offer grace. I don't want to give this person forgiveness. But here's what's going to happen if you don't. And my friend, a friend of mine says this all the time, you're going to become a miserable human being. That bitterness and that anger is going to eat you alive. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Listen, not giving grace, it's always going to destroy us and hurt us. It's not going to do anything to the other person, but it's going to eat us alive. And we will never heal. The other person's probably getting on with their life, but it's causing us pain. Ephesians 4.31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Ecclesiastes 7.9, don't be quick to fly off the handle. Anger boomerangs. You can spot a fool by the lumps on his head. I love that. We only hurt ourselves with anger and bitterness. And think about it. Our anger and bitterness, it doesn't change what happened to us. It doesn't all of a sudden miraculously reverse it. And all of a sudden the problem is gone. It just robs us of joy. And as the scriptures say, it makes us look like a fool because we're not willing to offer grace. And as hard as this is, God expects us to do it. He expects us to give grace. It's a two-way street. We receive his grace. We give his grace. We receive his forgiveness. We give his forgiveness. We're all going to be hurt in life. The only question is, what are we going to do with those hurts? Are we going to internalize it? And are we going to allow it to destroy us? Or are we going to offer grace and offer forgiveness and move forward? So who is it? Who is it today that you need to forgive? Who is it that you need to give grace to? I guarantee you, their ugly mug came up in your mind when I started talking about it, right? Maybe you'd say, Scott, I'm not ready to forgive. I'm not ready to give grace right now. That's okay. That's fair enough. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Start praying that God would help you to offer that person forgiveness. The Lord never asks us to do something that he doesn't equip us and empower us to do. So just go ahead and start praying, God, I know you say I need to forgive this person. I don't want to forgive this person. So I'm going to ask you to give me the strength and the desire and the willpower to be able to offer grace and forgive this person. Or maybe you're ready to forgive that person. Forgive them now. As we pray, 
And when you think about it Wednesday and think, I can't let, believe I let that guy talk me into forgiving this person, <laughs> forgive him again. And then when it comes up Friday, forgive him again. And when you're thinking, I'm not going to church because I don't want to hear what he has to say <laughs> next Sunday, forgive them again. It's the only way that we're going to be free. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much. First of all, that you give us grace and you give us forgiveness that we don't deserve. Lord, help us to model you in that. Help us to focus on the good things you've brought out of the painful situations of our life and help us to extend grace and forgiveness to others. Help us to know that it's going to heal us. God, you know exactly what each person's struggling with that's watching, that's here. You know the person they need to forgive. And I would ask you to give them the strength to do that. To help us to set ourselves free so that we can begin to heal. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we finish up, just a couple of things. If you uh, would go ahead and continue to fill out those electronic connection cards, you can get that from the Church Center app or that QR code. If you got prayer requests, please let us know that so we can have our prayer team to pray for those. If you came today prepared to worship through generosity, you can do that online or you can do that in the black boxes in the back. If you're a young adult, 20-something, there's a young adult group here at the church, they meet on Monday nights at 7. Uh, tomorrow night, they are kicking off a brand new series. Uh, it's a DVD-driven series. It's a great series that I think will actually change the course uh, of your financial life. Uh, it's from a brilliant teacher, a guy by the name of Andy Stanley. So if you're in that age bracket, I want to encourage you uh, to check this out tomorrow at 7. But I hope you have a great week. I hope you'll come back and see us next Sunday. God bless you.